You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it's supposed to be the most joyous week of the year, joyous day of the year, in fact, and here we are. Without our five-star <laughs> recruit, this is the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. By now, you know the news. Dior Johnson no longer with the Orange. Today will be all stream of consciousness on everything that you need to know regarding Dior. We've got our takes. We've got our facts. We've got all of that in line for you here. And we've also been firing off some tweets as well, and we'd love to hear from you. So you can check us out on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. If you are new to the show, and I'm sure there are plenty of you that are new today, Because of the big news that has come across the Syracuse stratosphere right now, please, 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 please give us a subscription. We'd love to appear in your podcast feed every single morning. We're with you five days a week, Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Dior no more, as we say. Um, But we were supposed to be talking about the schedule today, Tim, and all of that conversation (laughs) is now shifted towards tomorrow. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's... We'll talk about it tomorrow. Again, I think the schedule is one of the most overblown days of the year, the schedule release, whatever sport it is. I find it to be very overblown and and overrated, so we can discuss it on another day, but this has kind of been nine months in the making, right? I mean, just for us, too. We started this podcast. We were introduced to the lockdown crowd the day or two after. Dior committed and today we're doing episode 198 and we've made it 198 episodes and he was in a lot maybe of not, <laughs> yeah and, and maybe not feeling fully confident that Dior was going to be a member of the Syracuse Orange but at least you had it on the table at least it was a possibility that it could happen but here we are and it just kind of you feel blindsided but at the same time you don't it feels like I don't even know the the perfect analogy for it, but you felt like this was coming and it it was nine months in the making. Well, yeah, I mean, did I think he was going to play at Syracuse? No. I mean, we our last Dior meters, as we jokingly called them, we kept updating those and the percentages went up and down a little bit because he's had some quotes that, you know, we always joked if he changes his mind, the receipts are out there. And I think everyone that's listening knows what we're talking about. Those quotes to Syracuse.com saying I'm coming. If it's college, it's 100% Syracuse. They've been said, but we also knew that this was a kid that was a teenager kind of figuring out his life. And you can tell by the nature and how he's gone through high school and what's he on school seven or eight at this point in high school. Yeah, the it's, latest one that he it's up there. He's running out right. of fingers. And I, I think it's safe to say at this point, he's going pro. He, he's not going to play right, in yeah. college. And and quite frankly, as most listening, I'm sure know, this was reported by Syracuse.com and other places to be mutually parting ways. I've never really heard that language. I haven't either. The yeah, only time you odd. hear mutual parting is when a coach is fired. Yes, Or exactly. leaving for another job. Right. And that's GM why that was, yeah, it was... It was Mike Waters who had the story, and according to his sources, this is a mutual parting of ways between the coaching staff and Dior. So to me, that screams, he's not playing college basketball at Syracuse. And who knows, maybe the Syracuse staff was tired of the topsy-turviness of this entire ride and was just ready for for something fresh and something more clear-cut. Yeah, and I think the academic stuff really was a factor there. Matthew Gutierrez reported that. He said, hearing that Dior Johnson and Syracuse parted ways primarily because of academic concerns, 
it was also a red flag that Johnson didn't stay at Oak Hill Academy. And then Goody said, another note, the Orange knew for weeks that today's news was coming. So if your immediate reaction was, okay, what does this mean for Roddy Gale on Friday? We know that Ohio State got all those crystal balls. I have seen that one crystal ball was removed from Ohio State, so take that hmm, for what you want. Okay. But, a little 24-7 yeah, Sherlocking from you. <laughs> right. I I don't think this means a ton for Roddy Gale, and I think Goody's tweet there kind of explains that because the fact that Syracuse knew for weeks and then Dior just kind of put it out to his followers today and, and made it public, or I guess yesterday if you're listening to this podcast on the day we posted it, but I mean that to me tells me that uh, – that Roddy Gale is still thinking Ohio Yeah, State. we can get to what's next in, in right. a little later on in the show. Let me read the statement that Dior posted on his Twitter account. First of all, never a good sign when you see the notes page out in a tweet. You yes. never get good news when that's out. So he screenshots his notes section, says, First off, I want to thank the entire Syracuse coaching staff for investing their time into me. They have treated me with the utmost respect, which is why they will remain one of my top schools. With that being said, I would like to reopen my commitment and look at all my options and do what's best for me and my career. Please respect my decision. Thank you and God bless. Hashtag God got me. Um, To me, when you say they will remain one of my top schools, and I read from Mike Waters, that this is a mutual parting, that means Syracuse is not getting back into this race. Now, no. I, I do think Jim Beheim and, and the staff would be foolish that if he says, hey, I do want to come back, you'd be a little foolish to stiff arm him here because he is that I don't good. Know. He, so you I mean, feel a little differently on this. I, I trust the staff. If, if he was that much of a headache, which I can see why it was a headache to them, I think there's a scenario here where they really went to him and they were like, look, like you got to make up your mind and we're worried about your academics and you seem a little flaky. Well, that, that the academic thing is strange to me. And here's why. Again, he's a junior in high school. He's got a year and a half to get that act together. So why wouldn't you give it some time to flesh out? Now, maybe you don't feel confident, but why not? make sure that he's on a path to succeed i mean you can i I don't know the exact rules but i'd imagine you can advise him what sort of schools you can go to and stuff like that to really get you like why wouldn't a syracuse coach be advising him to go to brewster or something like that a place where you've had a pipeline of success you've gotten a number of players through there and i don't think there have really been many academic concerns coming out of that school so i get the oak hill stuff that was one of the things it was to get the the roller coaster on the tracks again because of the academic issues. But I would have maybe let the academic situation flesh itself out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we don't exactly know. And obviously, I would say he's right up there in terms of top recruits that I would love to just have magically all the phone calls and all the messages of and open up the vault to how this yeah, all fly on the wall out. type of stuff. Yeah, because... You know, there's a short list, I think, in recent years. This is kind of adding up. Quad A Green, Andre Jackson of guys that have just sort of, you know. Yeah, you had a great tweet. I mean, you put out, like, the the starting five. And it was, yeah, Quad A Green, Andre Jackson, Darius Baisley, Isaiah Stewart, and and now um, Dior Johnson. Add that to the list. They got every position. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a stacked stacked lineup, too. Yeah, we're laughing about it. That's an all-American level lineup. Is that team winning a Final Four? Uh, 
I mean, Isaiah Stewart was a, was a monster. He's the only one of those that we've seen so far. Oh, I guess Quade, and and he's been decent. I think he was he was solid. He was efficient last year until he was academically ineligible. But yeah, I mean, that, they would they'd be a good roster for sure. If one of those guys come, then I think Syracuse is in a different spot as a program. Like they're maybe not Andre Jackson, but he has been getting some buzz too from the uh, John Rothsteins of the world and people like that since he's gone to UConn. So anyway, sticking with Dior. I do think my short sort of reaction to this, my synopsis of my reaction, did I expect the news or did I expect him to come to Syracuse now? Did it still kind of sting? Yeah. And I, did I, I expect it today. No, no. I think that's right. another it was still thing shocking to, to throw into today. account. And some people will get on their high horse. And I saw this float around on Twitter and it, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And, you know, it was out there that a lot of people were saying, why why is everyone freaking out like this was expected and i agree i mean we like we said our but isn't that part of the problem too like this should not be an expectation where anytime you get a a top 10 commit you're you're fearing that they're gonna go out the back door yeah you got your guard up yeah right yeah it 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 triggers you more than it excites you right the only thing i'll say is I didn't like that some people were coming at other people and it didn't really happen to us or anything, but I just saw it out there that some people were kind of taking the high ground of, I knew this was coming and, and that, I don't know why you're so upset and sort of like taking that, that higher ground that, that sort of rubbed me the wrong way because let, you know, you're a fan, this, this news stings. And even if you saw it coming, it stings. So just let fans react to it how they want to. We wish him the best, obviously. And I I don't have anything against, Dior personally, it's going to be an interesting footnote in his era here. This nine-month span has given us some stuff to talk about, and it's going to be weird to reflect on and just wonder what if, and that's what it will it will be now. But, I mean, he's not playing college ball. And honestly, no. I don't think other schools really want Dior either. I, I, I would say... Oh, we, I, I wouldn't say wouldn't want Dior. But we've heard rumblings of that for a while now, that this academic stuff has been a problem, and... He, you think Western Kentucky doesn't want Dior? Okay, that, that's a different different scenario. I'm saying like the elite schools, they'll go elsewhere for their five stars in their class because they understand he has baggage, and it seems like Syracuse was honestly initially a little bit blindsided by the fact that he picked Syracuse in the first place, and there was always concerns that academically would he get eligible, and why is he switching to all these high schools. So a lot of people saw the writing on the wall on this one. And the fact that Syracuse mutually parted ways with him, that says something about where his head's at and where they feel he would, you know, fit into their program. Well, Tim, we know teenage kids aren't always the most dependable, but you know what is? The Mountain Cold Refreshment of Coors Light. There's no better way to kick back, relax, and watch any sport or team than with Coors Light. When you need a moment to chill, and trust me, based on some of the tweets you guys have sent us, you do, reach for the beer I use when I need a moment to unwind. Whether it's football, basketball's right around the corner, can't wait for that to get going, Coors Light is the beer I choose when I just need to relax and watch some sports. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it arrives to your door as cold and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Get Coors Light delivered to your door by visiting get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Golden, Colorado. You know, Ty, another one of our products that we've got a great offer code for is Built Bar. That's the best tasting protein bar on the marketplace. One of our favorites. They've been with us for a while and 
I don't tell you about them for nothing. They really are this good. I've started getting a box every single week from them, ordered to the house in a safe manner. You can do the same. You can make your own customizable box, which is nice. And you can use our promo code locked on that gets you 20% off your next order. But these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And they're just great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber. Take peanut butter, for example, one of my favorites. You got 19 grams protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. You cannot go wrong with Built Bar. They're great and they're great for you. So go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's our promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so one of the big things that I take away from this is this is part of the danger of the system now where these commits, and or these recruits rather, feel this big need that they have to have their grand moment, their moment in the sun. And again, the game is evolving right now. And while I'm not one to say, oh, the, the college basketball model is dead because of the threat of the G League every year or overseas can be an enticing option. No, I, th- I think that's a, a load of garbage right there. Because of the fact that, it, in reality, it's going to impact maybe 6 to 10 kids a year. Now, Dior might be one of them. Very well could be on that path to the G League or overseas or something like that. But this is the danger of the system is because these kids feel the need that they have to have this big moment on commitment night for them. Get that tweet out. Get those tipped in edits and all that stuff. Well... I really don't think kids should be making life-altering decisions before they can have a driver's license. Like, isn't that part of the problem now with how this whole thing's going? Like, now, and especially in the social media era right now, too, where everything's about clicks, likes, and, and loves, and all that stuff. Can we not crush the kid, either? Like, I, I, we've yeah, been I getting agree. some nasty tweets, even at us. Not, not, like, attacking us personally, but attacking Dior through our channel, and it's just like, let's calm down a little bit here, all right? At the end of the day, he's a 15, 16-year-old kid who made a big decision. And maybe the the pressures of how the basketball world operates is part of the dangers of that there. I totally agree. I mean, I wish him nothing but the best, and that's how I yeah, felt about Darius Baisley. Yeah, I mean, that's how Baisley. it should be. Yeah, same thing with Baisley. Yeah, he, I mean... It was kind of a, it's kind of interesting how this went down. Like we said, the mutually parting of ways is something I've never really seen before. But you're right. I did see it out there like, screw this guy and stuff like that. And we don't really know what he's dealing with right now, A. And we don't exactly know why he left Oak Hill. And obviously the stress fracture in his foot probably didn't help sort of his mindset. And and it's it, on one hand, it's kind of nice to have some clarity on this situation. And I'm not saying that I wanted this to happen, obviously, but if he was not coming to Syracuse, it's kind of nice to know it now and not be wondering about it for another year and a half. And now you can sort of move on in the 2022 cycle and maybe reel in some of those guards that you were after because, let's face it, a lot of those guards, yes, adding Dior to the fold makes it a little bit sexier, the class that you're building, and it, and it adds some brandness to Syracuse and starts to get that that vibe of a big-time class. And, and we'll talk about what it means next for this class, but I, I do think there's also a flip side to it that a guy like Roddy Gale may be partially why he's going to Ohio State or why we think he's going to Ohio State, and reports are kind of leaning that way, is because partially that 
Dior was in the fold and and there wasn't as much room for a guy like that to shine at Syracuse. Let's here's an interesting topic that I want to bring up here because again, everyone's having Darius Baisley PTSD right now with this. But this is a very different situation than Darius Baisley. Like it feels the same, you feel the same pain, but the difference here in the situation is the fact that Darius Baisley spurned them in late March, like pretty much in April, essentially. You had about a month and a half, realistically, to scoop up whatever you can. Basically, get the leftovers. And the leftovers was Robert Braswell to bring into this program. And and Big Earl has just not caught on, really, it's felt like. He had the <laughs> one moment in the sun with NC State and really has not seen much of the floor since that game. But... We're talking about a 2022 guy here. There is a lot of time left in this trail, a trail that you've already blazed through. And have, even though you now no longer have a commit, you you have some sort of foundation to build with here. And you, you're you going to have a chance to add some key pieces. And again, 2022, very, very guard heavy. I mean, even just look at some of the players that Syracuse has recruited. A lot of guards there. And... Goody had this great article about the where Syracuse stands in recruiting with a lot of these guys. And Zion Cruz, a guy who it, did, it doesn't seem like he wanted to team up with Dior. Based on the comments made by his dad to Matthew Gutierrez, Zion kind of wanted to have his own show to run. And maybe that opens things up for Syracuse a little bit more now. But I just want to say there's so much different between this and Baisley because of the fact that when you look at how much time left you have to fill up this hole that's all of a sudden created, this massive void, it it feels like there's a lot more time now to try to fix this up. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Zion Cruz is coming. And that's, you know, Goody laid that out in his article. And I think the, I want to run the show, you, you still got Joe Girard and you still got Kadari Richmond and Buddy and what would be, Zion Cruz's first year, and maybe even Alan Griffin, if you really want to get into it, and he wants to take that extra year of eligibility that he could now take, which I don't think he would, but that's a whole separate thing. So you're right. I mean, it it might not be Zion Cruz, but maybe it's J.J. Starling. They've seemed to cool on him a little bit, but who knows how this changes things. I know Bryce Lindsey they've been after pretty hard lately, and maybe that was kind of an indicator to a lot of people that this news was coming. Roddy Gale doesn't seem super likely, but but maybe the odds slightly go up that, you know, we joked about the Vegas odds and how they flipped completely. If there were some on Syracuse, they were the favorite all along. And then boom, these Ohio State crystal balls came in and maybe Ohio State was like minus 850. And then the Dior news came out and they're like minus 700. I mean, I, don't, I still think we should expect Roddy Gale to be going to Ohio State unless we see different reports come out in the coming days before Friday. But you're right, there's tons of time here, and I think this is kind of just an opportunity for all of us to just sort of take a deep breath and reassess. We're not back like totally at square one here because there's so much time left in 2022, and they've already laid a lot of groundwork, but the super hyped up 2022 could be the best class in Syracuse history talks can definitely simmer down, and I was probably guilty of some of that too. But it got out of hand already, and now that you don't have a commit in the cycle and you don't have that sort of sexy factor of it being a top-five guy in Dior Johnson, it's probably not going to be some crazy recruiting class because that's just what we've seen since Mike Hopkins has left anyway. 
Now, I will say this. I mean, in regards to just, I, I think this is important to lay out, though, is the fact that, I mean, they have plenty of time to go after some of these guys. And this isn't like in prior years where we've seen in this, the past, what, five or so years, they've been kind of fishing around the, the fringe top 100 guys. No, they're, they're fishing in, in a pretty elite pond right now with some big fish in it. And you'd imagine they're not going to strike out on every single one. That's just the nature of the beast. That's just how recruiting works in general. Spots fill up, let's be honest. And I don't know how many spots there are necessarily. This class of 2022, you can argue how important it's going to be. But when you look at the roster that's going to be intact for that 2022 season, you might be better off going for some maybe like mid 50 level guys, guys who can step in and give you some meaningful minutes, like a meaningful 12 to 18 minutes. And then you go in 2023 and you look for your big stud. And then some of these guys who were juniors are now, or freshmen are now sophomores. And then you've got a couple of other upperclassmen who can supplement that. And that's when you, maybe 2023 is the year you really attack that big fish. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like if we redid the who is most likely to come thing, which we unfortunately had Roddy Gale at the top of that when we did that, whatever, a month and a half ago or something like that, I would probably put Justin Taylor as the most likely guy now. Yeah, he's a good one. I would also throw Ty Rogers' name out there. Yeah, and those are two guys kind of in that same sort of zone that you're talking about there. And I've talked about this a lot, how... This is partially why I was pretty bummed about Andre Jackson, because he was in that zone, and he's kind of gone up a little bit in the rankings, but he's in that 50 to 60 on 24-7 and ESPN and that type of ranking, solid four-star, but, you know, he's not getting completely courted by the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the UNCs of the world, so you don't totally have to compete with those, but you're competing with good programs and it, those are the type of guys that Syracuse really should start clipping off because if we're being frank about it, the way the program has, you know, the success they've had lately, and then combined with the fact that if you're an elite, uh, talented freshman, I think there is a part of you that is a little scared to go to Syracuse considering you have to learn the 2-3 zone. And it's the type of system, kind of like a Villanova, where it takes some time to get acclimated into and you could find yourself in the doghouse and there's some right. history and, and with of that. Villanova they just flat out will redshirt freshman you they'll, yeah. they'll give you a redshirt year no hesitation I mean you think about some of the guys that have had that Clearly. these last couple of years I mean Mikhail Bridges he he turned into a lottery pick and he, he was a guy who had to redshirt his freshman year and I mean Syracuse doesn't quote-unquote redshirt you but you essentially to a degree it feels like you do get redshirted sometimes as a freshman Yes, and, you know, look at what happened to Jalen Carey. Matt, Matt Moyer did get redshirted, but he's a little bit different because he was kind of the 60-70 range. So, I mean, he's I'm also sure injured, it, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. And my point is, I feel like they, they, they've been doing this. This isn't breaking news, but they want to go about it the way that Villanova and the Virginias have done it. And even UNC, they haven't been totally in on the one-and-done, although they've gotten more in on that game lately. But Syracuse is never going to get right now at least, it's unrealistic to get the top 15 recruits. They did get one with Dior, and that's why this does sting, but you're not going to get every single cycle, is what I'm saying. So what they really want to do is get that range that you're talking about where Justin Taylor and Ty Rogers are in and Andre Jackson was in, 
And I think they have an opportunity to pick off two or three of those guys, potentially in the 2022 cycle. And if they do that, it's a good cycle. More realistically, they'll probably get one and and maybe tack on a, a fringe top 100 guy to round it out. I want to discuss how this impacts Roddy Gale because you brought up an interesting point earlier about how since Dior has known this, or at least the coaching staff has known this for weeks, and Roddy Gale still didn't want to come, how does this impact the rest of this class? Because it felt like Dior was going to do a lot of the legwork. And I think we do have to, in a second, we can step back and kind of say what is the what was the progress that was made with him coming to Syracuse. But when you look at what this means for the class, and again, we kind of talk about this in football, especially in this class of 2021, how it was so important that Syracuse got Justin Lampson. Get that quarterback early and then build yeah. around that. I mean, you had a, a top 10, some people say a top five guy in Dior, the number one point guard in the country, and you were going to build around that. He was going to even help you build around that as well. And now that's no longer a possibility because even though he says he's leaving the door open, it sure as hell doesn't feel that way for you, for me, for the coaching staff. So where does Syracuse kind of go from here now is is the big question because he was supposed to be an integral part of recruiting some of these guys and now all of a sudden that he's gone, there's not a lot of leverage for Syracuse to play with, especially when you look at the amount of scholarship space this program has, especially at the guard position moving forward. Right, because now you know that Buddy is likely going to take up one of those and maybe another guy, who knows how it all unfold there. I, I think, it, let, let's play it out from the Syracuse side of things. Let's say you're Jerry McNamara, you're Jim Beheim, you're the recruiting staff there, and you're talking to Roddy Gale. You would probably let Roddy Gale know, like, wink, wink, we've got some news coming that Dior is probably going to pull out. So if you're worried about that, and you're worried about playing time, I wouldn't worry about that. And if you didn't know that, I'd be if you didn't let Roddy know that, I'd be kind of bummed out. So knowing well, that, just be poor practice by you. Yeah, and if they but did it, know, it for kind a of felt like weeks, too that Roddy Gale's attraction to Syracuse would have been, oh, I can play with Dior Johnson, and I feel like that was a big appeal. Like I, I could be playing on a big, big stage. I could be going to the Final Four, maybe even a national championship because of the fact that I am playing with so many talented guys. Yeah, I think there were some reports, though, that he was worried about the playing time. So knowing that, I, I think Dior was mostly a negative for him. But again, we, we don't know exactly how this unfolded. I, I'd love to go into the phone calls and, and open up the vault, as we say. So, I mean, you would definitely tell Roddy Gale that information probably a week or two ago. And I think he still picked Ohio State knowing that and he's still going to pick Ohio State. There's maybe an off chance that now that it's official and now that he sees it, he might punt and say, I'm actually not going to announce on Friday, and I think that's good good news for Syracuse. If that does happen, I wouldn't obviously expect that to happen. It seems like it's still going to be Ohio State, and it's a bummer. And the other thing is, we talked about this even before this Dior news. If it is Ohio State, there's still time. I mean, Roddy Gale could flip from Ohio State to Syracuse right. in the future. Yeah. We've seen that. Tyus Battle was at Michigan before he went to Syracuse. I mean, heck, this is exactly what we talked about the other day, too. There's so much that can happen in a year. This happened in nine months, where Dior Johnson went from being committed to the Orange way, way, way early in that 2022 cycle. And so much can happen because there is still about a year 
until Roddy Gale has to put the pen to the paper and give you that yeah. that letter of intent. So that, that's why it's so it's so interesting to me why these guys make these super early decisions. And it, it does feel like it's a pressure from the, the basketball community to have your moment in the sun like that. But at the same time, it's it's very, very odd. And again, so much can happen. Maybe Roddy Sowers. Maybe Chris Holtman takes another job. Like, who knows? So much can happen between now and then. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because it's just, it's kind of funny to think about this Dior era and how we'll look back on it. And you brought well, let's do that point. real quick, because you yeah. and I always talked about how Dior Johnson was going to be a net positive, whether or not he played at Syracuse. But now I almost feel like I have to pull back on that clip. I know. And maybe we were I, wrong I a little bit, because at the end of the day, the progress that was made with Dior Johnson for this Orange program, you can maybe say Benny, but at the, at the end of the day, I, I don't feel like Dior Johnson was fully responsible for, like, maybe he did a little prodding here and there, but... I don't know how responsible a guy like Dior Johnson was for Benny Williams' commitment because I, I do think if it was that essential, we wouldn't see Benny Williams with the orange, or at least by the end of the week or something like that. He might reopen that commitment, but and I just no, don't, don't see it happening. Don't even bring that up. I, like, I couldn't take no, 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 no. I, I don't want to <laughs> even like float that as I an know. idea. I, I literally cannot see that happening. Maybe it's 2020 yeah. and I shouldn't be using such definite words, but I just I don't see a world where that happens. Yeah, no, I think Benny was set on cues for a while, and Dior maybe nudged him a little bit one way, but maybe Dior made him make up his mind a little bit earlier, but I think he was coming to Syracuse regardless. Yeah, so I think I would have liked to see the whole Dior Johnson process play out, because again, you and I didn't expect this decision to come in November. We maybe thought, hmm, could we get to the summer? And if Syracuse does get to the summer, and he's still on the team, he probably strings along a couple of other guys. And who knows if they stay long-term or not. We, we Obviously, that's a, a butterfly effect that maybe we can experience in another dimension. But in, in the current world we live in, Dior Johnson no longer a member of the, the Orange family. And I, I look back and, and we talked about how it's going to be net positive and, and largely it was pretty much net neutral. I mean... If anything, he provided you with more pain, I feel like, as an Orange fan, than, than he did good for the program. Yeah, it's probably a net negative, right? <laughs> like, well, I, I guess that's impossible. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just joking. It, it it did bring some pain and some some annoyingness to it at times. So, I don't know. You're right. I never would have thought that we wouldn't even have anyone else in the cycle by the time he bolted. And... Maybe that was kind of foolish to just assume that, but I thought given that they were after so many guys and even the way that Chance Westry, I mean, let's keep in mind, we thought Chance Westry was going to be committing along with Dior and who knows what, what this means for Chance Westry. It does seem like, I think I saw Mike McAllister said that Westry is not really super high on Syracuse. Yeah. So it's tough. I mean, this 2022 class is probably just going to be another Syracuse, you know, 20, like post Mike Hopkins recruiting class at this point. And I I know that stings to hear it because we had high hopes, but you really don't get to reap many rewards from Dior, which is kind of hard to believe. And a lot of these big time guards that people might say, oh, well, you know, we still are after these big time guards. 
we're not hearing great things on them. The Zion Cruises, the J.J. Starlings, the Chance Westries. It could change. I mean, think about how quickly Roddy Gale changed in the in the opposite way. I just don't feel great about those guys right now, and I don't even feel great about Donovan Klingon. Maybe Bryce Lindsley's the guy, and, and we'll monitor him, but we're at a completely different point in this cycle than I thought we would be, and it has drastically changed kind of for the worse in the last three or four months. It's sad. I mean, you get some of the texts, and I'm sure your phone was blowing up too. We, of course, we, we've got our, our group chat with Goody that was humming today. We, I was texting with James Zuba a little bit. Justin Knight reached out, and, and it's just like, here we are again. <laughs> it's just the, the perpetual state of Syracuse yeah. basketball. We can't have nice things. That was right, my immediate exactly. reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we are going to talk with Matthew Gutierrez on Friday on the show. He's going to give you the lowdown of everything that went down because guess what? He knows a little bit more than you and I do about this. So maybe we can open the floodgates with Goody a little bit. I'm sure he'll, he can discuss things a little bit more now that this is out in the ether and everything and it's, it's common knowledge. Tomorrow on the show, we will... See if anything else happens, Dior. We can always roll back to this, and we'd love to hear your reactions as well. Hit us up on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. We can read some of your responses on the show tomorrow. And on top of that, we will also get into the schedule as a part of our 10 thoughts. So all of that stuff coming up tomorrow. Also, Tim, don't forget about this, but Locked On NBA Draft is back as is yeah. Chad Ford's big board, so you can maybe get some intel there on what's going on with Elijah Hughes. Or if you're just a big hoop head like the two of us are, you can get yourself ready for the NBA draft because it is now a week away. Can you believe that? A week away for the NBA draft. They do a so, great job on that, too. They got yeah, John they Hollinger. They break it down. Awesome. Yeah, yeah Chad it's like Ford. four picks at a time. They, they do an awesome job. So be sure to go check that out once you're done with this show, and they can maybe give you some better news. Uh, if you're an NBA fan about one of your teams and who they might pick in the upcoming draft. But sorry that this had to be this sort of podcast for all you Orange fans. But hey, this is is where we are right now as a program, and we'll see how this changes moving forward. And maybe Goody will have some more answers for us on Friday. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We will do more Cuse basketball talk with you tomorrow. (laughs) 